Appendix. A couple of the notes were written in Latin so I had to convert the audio into English. I indicate this at the beginning of the note that it is applicable to. Note A, page 39. First decree of the fourth session of the Council of Trent, A.D. 1546. The Holy Oecumenical and General Council of Trent, legitimately convened in the Holy Spirit, under the presidency of three legates of the Apostolic See, constantly proposing this before all things, that all errors being taken away. The gospel in its purity may be preserved in the Church, which was promised before by the prophets in the Holy Scriptures, but which was promulgated by our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. With his own mouth, moreover, he commanded it to be preached to every creature by his apostles, as the fountain of all saving truth and moral discipline. Which truth and discipline he provided should be contained in the books of Scripture, and in unwritten traditions, received from the mouth of Christ by the apostles. Or from the apostles speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and handed down to us, therefore this synod, following the example of the Orthodox Fathers, receives and venerates with equal pious affection and reverence. All the books both of the Old and New Testament, for one God is the author of both smiley faith. Likewise those traditions relating to faith and manners, which were received from the mouth of Christ himself, or from his inspired apostles, and which have been preserved in an uninterrupted succession in the Catholic Church. Moreover, this synod judges it proper to give a catalogue of the sacred books, lest any doubt should arise in the minds of any respecting the books received by them. The names of which are here inserted in this decree, viz. The five books of Moses Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Next, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, four books of Kings, two of Chronicles, two of Ezra, viz. The first and the second, which is called Nehemiah, Tobit, Judith, Esther, Job, C.L. Psalms of David, Proverbs of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, Wisdom, Ecclesiasticus, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Baruch, Ezekiel, Daniel, Twelve Minor Prophets, viz. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Two of Maccabees, First and Second of the New Testament, the Four Gospels, viz. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the Acts of the Apostles, written by Luke the Evangelist, 14 Epistles of the Blessed Apostle Paul, viz. To the Romans, to the Corinthians, 2, to the Galatians, to the Ephesians, to the Philippians, to the Colossians, to the Thessalonians, 2, to Timothy, 2, to Titus, to Philemon, to the Hebrews. Of the Apostle Peter, 2, of the Apostle John, 3, of James, 1, of the Apostle Jude, 1, the Apocalypse of John the Apostle. But if anyone shall not receive as canonical and sacred all these books, with all their parts, as they are used to be read in the Catholic Church, and are contained in the old Vulgate Latin edition, or shall knowingly and intentionally contemn any of the aforesaid traditions, let him be anathema. Hence all may understand in what order and way the synod, after laying the foundation of the confession of their faith, will proceed, and what testimonies and proofs they will especially use in confirming doctrine, and in the reformation of manners in the Church. Note B, page 53. Extract from Augustine, de Docetrina Christiana, lib. 3. Cap. 8. This note is in Latin, so I translated it into English. Irving Rish, but let us refer to that third step, of which we have begun to discuss what the Lord may suggest and treat. It will be therefore the most skilled investigator of the divine scriptures, who is the first of all read and have notes, even if not while understanding, already by reading, only those which are called canonical. For safer systems he will read them, instructed in the faith of the truth, lest they should prevent a weak mind, and scornfully judge by dangerous lies and fantasies something contrary to sound intelligence.
in the canonical scriptures follow the authority of many Catholic churches, including the certainly they are those who have apostolic thrones and receive epistles they deserved it. He will therefore hold this effect in the canonical scriptures, such as them which are accepted by all the Catholic churches some do not accept. But in those things which are not accepted by all, let him put before them which they receive more and more and more, those which are fewer they hold the authority of a lesser church. If he finds a more often than not, at other times it is considered by the more serious ones, although it cannot be identified yet I think that they ought to have equal authority. The whole canon of the scriptures in which we say that this consideration is to be found, in these books contain the five Moses, that is, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and one book of Jesus the Knave, one book of Judges, one book he is called Ruth, who seems to belong more to the principles of the kingdom. Then four kings and two chronicles, not following, but as if they were joined at the same time as they go on their side. This is the story the annexed itself contains the times and the order of things. There are other things like from a different order, which are neither connected to this order nor to each other, as Job and Tobias and Esther and Judith and Maccabees, two books and Ezra, too, who seem to follow the more orderly history of that story, until the end of the kingdoms or chronicles. Then the prophet to whom David had one book of Psalms and of Solomon three, of Proverbs the Song of Songs and Ecclesiastes for those two books. One wisdom and another entitled Ecclesiasticus they are said to be like Solomon. For Jesus the son of Sirach wrote consistently. Who still have authority they deserve to be received, they are to be numbered among the prophets. The rest are there the books which are properly called the prophets, the twelve books of the prophets one by one those who have been united to themselves, because they are never separated for one they are considered. Whose names of prophets are these, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonas, Machaes, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Then there are the four prophets of the greater volumes, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, these forty-four books of the Old Testament, the authority is terminated. I know the four books of the Gospel Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the fourteen letters of the Apostle Paul to the Romans, to the Corinthians, to the Galatians, to the Ephesians, to the Philippians, to the Thessalonians, two to the Colossians, two to Timothy, to Titus, to Philemon, to the Hebrews, two Peter, the tribe of John, one of Jude, and one of Jacob, the Acts of the Apostles in one book and the revelation of John in one book. More about this source text source text required for additional translation information send feedback side panels note c page 123. Passage from Tertullian. Again I translated this note into English for Latin. Irving Rich. The original of this passage is as follows. Do what you want to practice the best curiosity in the business of your salvation run through the churches the apostolic church in which they themselves still preside at the cathedral, with whom he himself their authentic letters are recited, resounding in their voice and representing the face of every man. Is Achaia next to you? You have Corinth. See you are not far from Macedonia, you have Philippi, you have the Thessalonians. See you can travel to Asia, you have Ephesus. But if you are adjacent to Italy, you have Rome, from which authority also stands before us. Note D, page 131. Passage from EUSEBIUS. The Order of the Gospels. Let us now also show the undisputed writings of the same Apostle, John. And of these his Gospel, so well known in the churches throughout the world, must first of all be acknowledged as genuine. That it is, however, with good reason, placed the fourth in order by the ancients, may be made evident in the following manner. 
those inspired and truly pious men, the apostles of Christ, as they were most pure in their life, and adorned with every kind of virtue in their minds, but unskilled in language. Relying upon the divine and wonderful energy granted them by the Saviour, neither knew how nor attempted to propound the doctrines of their Master, with the art and refinement of composition. But employing only the demonstration of the divine Spirit, working with them, and the wonder-working power of Christ, displayed through them, they proclaimed the knowledge of the Kingdom of Heaven throughout the world. They bestowed but little care upon the study of style, and this they did because they were aided by a cooperation greater than that of men. Paul, indeed, who was the most able of all in the preparations of style, and who was most powerful in sentiments, committed nothing more to writing than a few very short epistles. And this too, although he had innumerable mysterious matters that he might have communicated, as he had attained even to the view of the third heavens, had been taken up to the very paradise of God, and had been honoured to hear the unutterable words there. The other followers of our Lord were also not ignorant of such things, as the twelve apostles, and the seventy disciples, together with many others, yet of all the disciples. Matthew and John are the only ones that have left us recorded comments, and even they, tradition says, undertook it from necessity. Matthew also having first proclaimed the gospel in Hebrew, when on the point of going also to other nations, committed it to writing in his native tongue, and thus supplied the want of his presence to them by his writing. But after Mark and Luke had already published the Gospels, they say that John, who during all this time was proclaiming the Gospel without writing, at length proceeded to write it on the following occasion. The three Gospels previously written, having been distributed among all, and also handed to him, they say that he admitted them, giving his testimony to their truth. But that there was only wanting in the narrative the account of the things done by Christ, among the first of his deeds, and at the commencement of the Gospel. And this was the truth. For it is evident that the other three evangelists only wrote the deeds of our Lord for one year after the imprisonment of John the Baptist, and intimated this in the very beginning of their history. For after the fasting of forty days, and the consequent temptation, Matthew indeed specifies the time of his history, in these words, but hearing that John was delivered up, he returned from Judea into Galilee. Mark in like manner writes, but after John was delivered up, Jesus came into Galilee. And Luke, before he commenced the deeds of Jesus, in much the same way designates the time. Saying, Herod thus added yet this wickedness above all he had committed, that he shut up John in prison. For these reasons the Apostle John, it is said, being entreated to undertake it, wrote the account of the time not recorded by the former evangelists, and the deeds done by our Saviour, which they have passed by. For these were the events that occurred before the imprisonment of John, and this very fact is intimated by him, when he says, this beginning of miracles Jesus made, and then proceeds to make mention of the Baptist. In the midst of our Lord's deeds, as John was at that time, baptizing at Atna near Selim. He plainly also shows this in the words, John was not yet cast into prison. The Apostle, therefore, in his Gospel, gives the deeds of Jesus before the Baptist was cast into prison, but the other three evangelists mention the circumstances after that event. One who attends to these circumstances can no longer entertain the opinion, that the Gospels are at variance with each other, as the Gospel of John comprehends the first events of Christ, but the others. The history that took place at the latter part of the time. It is probable, therefore, that for these reasons John has passed by in silence the genealogy of our Lord, because it was written by Matthew and Luke, but that he commenced with the doctrine of the divinity, as a part reserved for him by the divine spirit, as if for a superior. Let this suffice to be said respecting the Gospel of John.
the causes that induced Mark to write his have already been stated. But Luke also in the commencement of his narrative, premises the cause which led him to write, showing that many others, having rashly undertaken to compose a narration of matters that he had already completely ascertained. In order to free us from the uncertain suppositions of others, in his own gospel, he delivered the certain account of those things, that he himself had fully received from his intimacy and stay with Paul. And also his intercourse with the other apostles. But this may suffice respecting these. At a more proper time we shall endeavour also to state, by a reference to some of the ancient writers, what others have said respecting the sacred books. But besides the Gospel of John, his first epistle is acknowledged without dispute, both by those of the present day, and also by the ancients. The other two epistles, however, are disputed. The opinions respecting the revelation are still greatly divided. But we shall, in due time, give a judgment on this point also from the testimony of the ancients. The sacred scriptures acknowledged as genuine, and those that are not. This appears also to be the proper place to give a summary statement of the books of the New Testament already mentioned. And here, among the first, must be placed the Holy Quaternion of the Gospels, these are followed by, the book of the Acts of the Apostles, after this must be mentioned the Epistles of Paul, which are followed by the acknowledged first Epistle of John, as also the first of Peter, to be admitted in like manner. After these are to be placed, if proper, the Revelation of John, concerning which we shall offer the different opinions in due time. These, then, are acknowledged as genuine. Among the disputed books, although they are well known and approved by many, is reputed that called the epistles of James and Jude. Also the second epistle of Peter, and those called the second and third of John, whether they are of the evangelist or of some other of the same name. Among the spurious must be numbered both the books called the Acts of Paul, and that called Pastor, and the Revelation of Peter. Besides these, the books called the Epistle of Barnabas, and what are called the Institutions of the Apostle. Moreover, as I said before, if it should appear right, the revelation of John, which some, as before said, reject, but others rank among the genuine. But there are also some who number among these the gospel according to the Hebrews, with which those of the Hebrews that have received Christ are particularly delighted. These may be said to be all concerning which there is any dispute. We have, however, necessarily subjoined here a catalogue of these also, in order to distinguish those that are true, genuine, and well-authenticated writings, from those others which are not only not embodied in the canon, but likewise disputed, notwithstanding that they are recognised by most ecclesiastical writers. Thus we may have it in our power to know both these books, and those that are reduced by the heretics under the name of the Apostles, such, viz., as compose the Gospels of Peter, Thomas and Matthew and others beside them, or such as contain the Acts of the Apostles, by Andrew, and John, and others, of which no one of those writers in the ecclesiastical succession has condescended to make any mention in his works, and indeed the character of the style itself is very different from that of the Apostles, and the sentiments, and the purport of those things that are advanced in them, deviating as far as possible from sound orthodoxy, evidently proves they are the fictions of heretical men. Whence they are to be ranked not only among the spurious writings, but are to be rejected as altogether absurd and impious. Ecclesiastic History Lib. 3 Cap. 24 and 25. Note E. Page 163. Gospel of the Nazarenes. There is no apocryphal book of the New Testament which has been so much spoken of, both by the ancients and moderns, as the Gospel of the Nazarenes. By some, not only of the Romanists, but also of the Protestants, it has been exalted very nearly to an equality with the canonical books of the New Testament. 
it seems necessary, therefore, to examine its claims with more attention than is requisite in the case of other books of this class. This gospel was known among the ancients under several different titles. It was sometimes called, the Gospel according to the Twelve Apostles, the Gospel of Bartholomew, the Gospel according to the Hebrews, the Gospel of the Ebionites, etc. It is the opinion of some that this is the Gospel to which Paul alludes, Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, where he speaks of, another Gospel. However this may be, if we credit Eusebius. We must believe that it existed as early as the beginning of the second century. For he represents Hegesippus as writing some things concerning the gospel according to the Hebrews and Syrians. Clement of Alexandria cites from it the following passage, He who admires shall reign, and he who reigns shall be at ease. Oregon speaks of it in this manner, If anyone will receive the gospel according to the Hebrews, in which our Saviour says, The Holy Ghost my mother lately took me by one of my hairs, and led me to the great mountain of Thabor. And in another place, it is written in a certain gospel which is entitled according to the Hebrews, if anyone be pleased to receive it, not as of authority, but only for illustration of the present question. A certain rich man said to Christ, What good thing shall I do that I may inherit life? He said to him, O man, keep the law and the prophets, he answered him, that I have done. He said to him, Go sell all things that thou hast, and distribute among the poor, and come and follow me. The rich man hereupon began to scratch his head, and was displeased. And the Lord said unto him, How can you say that you have kept the law and the prophets, seeing it is written in the law, Thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself, but behold, many of thy brethren, children of Abraham, are clothed with nastiness, and ready to perish for hunger, while thy home abounds with all sorts of delicacies, and nothing is sent out of it to them. And turning about, he said to his disciple Simon, who sat by him, Simon, son of Joanna, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Eusebius, speaking of apocryphal and spurious books, says, in this number some have placed the gospel according to Tile Hebrews, with which they of the Jews who profess Christianity are very much delighted. And speaking of the Ebionites, he says, they made use only of that which is called the gospel according to the Hebrews, very little esteeming any others. Epiphanius has left several testimonies respecting this gospel, among which are the following, the Nazarenes have the gospel of Matthew most entire in the Hebrew language, for this is still preserved among them, as it was at first, in Hebrew characters. But I know not whether they have taken away the genealogy from Abraham to Christ. In another place, speaking of the Ebionites, he says, they also received the gospel according to Matthew. For this both they and the Corinthians make use of, and no other. They call it the Gospel according to the Hebrews, for the truth is, that Matthew is the only one of the New Testament writers who published his Gospel and preaching in the Hebrew language and Hebrew characters. And again, in that Gospel which they, the Ebionites, have called, according to Saint Matthew, which is not entire and perfect, but corrupted and curtailed, and which they call the Hebrew Gospel, it is written, that there was a certain man called Jesus, and he being about thirty years of age, made choice of us. And coming to Capernaum, he entered into the house of Simon called Peter, and opening his mouth, said, When I passed by the lake of Tiberias, I chose John and James the sons of Zebedee, and Simon and Andrew, and Thaddeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas Iscariot, and thee Matthew, sitting at the receipt of custom, I called, and thou didst follow me. I will therefore that ye be my twelve apostles, for a testimony to Israel. The meat of John the Baptist, according to this gospel, was wild honey, the taste of which was like manna.
or as cakes made with honey and oil. Thus they change the true account into a falsehood, and for locusts put cakes made with oil and honey. The beginning of the gospel was this, it came to pass in the days of Herod, etc. After relating the baptism of Christ, as it is recorded in the other gospel, except that it asserts, that the voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, and see, was repeated. It goes on to say, that hereupon John fell down before him, and said, O Lord, I pray thee baptize me, but he hindered him, saying that it is fit that all these things should be fulfilled. See, says Epiphanius, how their false doctrine appears everywhere, how all things are imperfect, disordered, and without any truth. So also Serenthus and Carpocrates, using this same gospel of theirs, would prove that Christ proceeded from the seed of Joseph and Mary. 94. But the testimony of Jerome respecting this gospel is the most full. Matthew, also called Levi, says he, who became from a publican an apostle, was the first who composed a gospel of Christ, and for the sake of those who believed in Christ among the Jews. Wrote it in the Hebrew language and letters, but it is uncertain who translated it into Greek. Moreover, the Hebrew copy is to this time preserved in the library of Caesarea, which Pamphilus the martyr with much diligence collected. The Nazarenes, who live in Beroea, a city of Syria, and made use of this volume, granted me the favor of writing it out. In which gospel there is this observable, that wherever the evangelist either cites himself, or introduces our Savior as citing, any passage out of the Old Testament, he does not follow the translation of the Septuagint. But the Hebrew copies, of which there are these two instances, viz. Out of Egypt have I called my son, and, he shall be called a Nazarene. This testimony is found in Jerome's life of Matthew. And in his life of James we find the following account. The Gospel also, which is called according to the Hebrews, and which I lately translated into Greek and Latin, and which Oregon often used relates, that after our Saviour's resurrection. When our Lord had given the linen cloth to the priest's servant, he went to James and appeared to him. For James had sworn that he would not eat bread from that hour in which he drank the cup of the Lord, till he should see the Lord risen from the dead. And a little after the Lord said, Bring the table and the bread, and then it is added, He took the bread and blessed it, and brake it, and gave it to James the just, and said to him, My brother, eat thy bread, for the Son of Man is risen from the dead. And in a work against Pelagius, he says, in the Gospel according to the Hebrews, which is written in the Chaldo-Syriac language, which the Nazarenes use, and is that according to the twelve apostles, or as most think, according to Matthew, which is in the library of Caesarea. There is the following history, Behold the mother and brethren of Christ spake to him, John the Baptist baptizes for the remission of sins, let us go and be baptized of him. He said, In what have I sinned, that I have need to go and be baptized of him? Unless my saying this proceeds, perhaps, from ignorance. And in the same gospel it is said, If thy brother offend thee by any word, and make thee satisfaction, if it be seven times in a day, thou must forgive him. Simon his disciples said unto him, What? seven times in a day. The Lord answered and said unto him, I tell thee also till seventy times seven. The same author, in his commentary on Isaiah, mentions this gospel in the following manner, according to the gospel, which is written in the Hebrew language, and read by the Nazarenes, the whole fountain of the Holy Ghost descended upon him. Besides, in that gospel just mentioned we find these things written. It came to pass when the Lord ascended from the waters, the whole fountain of the Holy Ghost descended and rested upon him, and said to him, My son, among, or during the time of, all the prophets.
I was waiting for thy coming, that I might rest upon thee, thou art my first begotten son, who shall reign to everlasting ages. And in his commentary on Ezekiel, in that which is entitled the Gospel according to the Hebrews, it is reckoned among the chief of crimes for a person to make sorrowful the heart of his brother. In his commentary on the Gospel of Matthew he has the following. In the Gospel which the Nazarenes and Ebionites use, which I lately translated out of Hebrew into Greek, and which is by most esteemed the authentic Gospel of Matthew. The man who had the withered hand is said to be a mason, and prayed for relief in the following words, I was a mason, who got my livelihood by my hands, I beseech thee, Jesus, that thou wouldst restore me to my strength, that I may no longer thus scandalously beg my bread. In the Gospel which the Nazarenes use, for the son of Barakia, I find written, the son of Jehoiada. In this gospel we read, not that the veil of the temple was rent, but that a lintel or beam of a prodigious size fell down. In the Hebrew gospel we read, that our Lord said to his disciples, be ye never cheerful, unless when you can see your brother in love. Concerning this gospel according to the Hebrews, very different opinions have been expressed by learned men. Some have even pretended, that if it was now in existence it would be greatly superior to the Greek copy, but generally it has been considered apocryphal, for very good reasons. Some of which I will now set down. 1. It was never received by any of the fathers as canonical, or cited as of any authority, by any writer, during the first foul centuries. For full proof of the fact here stated, I would refer the reader to Jones on the Canon, Volume 3. 2. This gospel was apocryphal, because it contained several things contrary to known and undoubted truths. Of this sort are the passages which have been cited respecting Christ's manner of speaking, in regard to the baptism of John. Also the account which it contains of the oath of the Apostle James, for it is evident that the disciples knew nothing of Christ's resurrection from the dead until after that event occurred. 3. A third argument of the apocryphal character of this gospel, is derived from the ludicrous and silly relations which it contains as that of the rich man scratching his head, and the Holy Ghost taking up Christ by one of his hairs, and carrying him to the great mountain Tabor, etc. The most probable opinion of the origin of this gospel is, that it was a corruption of the original Hebrew gospel of Matthew, by the Ebionites. These heretics having this gospel in their possession, and having departed from the true faith, mutilated the gospel of Matthew, by striking out such things as were unfavorable to their heresy, and adding such fabulous stories as suited their purpose. Of the fragments which remain, there is not one which agrees exactly with the authentic gospel of Matthew. Epiphanius expressly asserts, that the Ebionites used the Gospel of Matthew alone, and that in Hebrew, but not entire, but corrupted and adulterated, and that they had taken away the genealogy from the beginning, and commenced the Gospel with these words, and it came to pass in the days of Herod, etc. Note F, page 280. The decree of Pope Gelasius concerning apocryphal books. 1. The travels under the name of Peter, which is also called the Eight Books of St. Clement. 2. The Acts under the name of Andrew the Apostle. 3. The Acts under the name of Philip the Apostle. 4. The Acts under the name of Peter. 5. The Acts under the name of Thomas the Apostle. 6. The Gospel under the name of Thaddeus. 7. The Gospel under the name of Thomas the Apostle. 8. The Gospel under the name of Barnabas. 9. The Gospel under the name of Bartholomew. 10. The Gospel under the name of Andrew the Apostle. 11. The Gospels corrupted by Lucianus. 12. The Gospels corrupted by Hesychius, 13. The Gospel of the Infancy of Our Saviour, 14. The Book of the Nativity of Our Saviour, 15.
The book called The Shepherd, 16. All the books made by Lentitius the disciple of the devil. 17. The Acts of Paul and Thecla, 18. The Revelation of Thomas. 19. The Revelation of Paul, 20. The Revelation of Stephen, 21. The Travels or Acts of Mary, 22. The book called The Lots of the Apostles, 23. The book called The Praise of the Apostles, 24. The Book of the Canon of the Apostles, 25. The Letters of Jesus to King Abgarus are apocryphal. Note G, page 287. Paul's Epistle to the Laodiceans. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ, to the brethren which are at Laodicea. Grace be to you, and peace from God the Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank Christ in every prayer of mine, that ye continue and persevere in good works, looking for that which is promised in the day of judgment. Let not the vain speeches of any trouble you, who pervert the truth, that they may draw you aside from the truth of the gospel which I have preached. And now may God grant that my converts may attain to a perfect knowledge of the truth of the gospel, be beneficent, and doing good works, which accompany salvation. And now my bonds, which I suffer in Christ, are manifest, in which I rejoice and am glad. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation forever, which shall be through your prayer, and the supply of the Holy Spirit, whether I live or die. For to me to live shall be a life to Christ, to die will be joy. And our Lord will grant us his mercy, that ye may have the same love, and be like-minded. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have heard of the coming of the Lord, so think and act in fear, and it shall be to you life eternal, for it is God who worketh in you. And do all things without sin. And what is best, my beloved, rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ, and avoid all filthy lucre. Let all your requests be made known to God, and be steady in the doctrine of Christ. And whatsoever things are sound, and true, and of good report, and chaste, and just, and lovely, these things do. Those things which ye have heard and received, think on these things, and peace shall be with you. And all the saints salute you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Cause this epistle to be read to the Colossians, and the epistle of the Colossians to be read among you. Note H, page 292. Miracles ascribed to Christ in the book entitled The Gospel of Our Saviour's Infancy. Christ is represented as speaking in the cradle, and telling his mother that he was her son. The swaddling clothes in which he was wrapped, when thrown into the fire, would not burn. When his parents entered Egypt, in their flight from the cruelty of Herod, the girth of the saddle on which Mary rode broke, and the great idol of Egypt fell down at the approach of the infant Jesus. By means of the babe's swaddling clothes, several devils were cast out of a boy's mouth, in the shape of crows and serpents. A company of robbers, at the approach of Jesus, were frightened by being made to hear a sound, as of an army, etc. It is related, that a girl was cured of a leprosy by means of water in which Christ's body had been washed. That a young man, who by witchcraft had been turned into a mule, was, upon Christ's mounting him, turned again into a man. On one occasion he is said to have turned certain boys, who hid themselves from him, into kids, and then at the intercession of their mothers restored them again to their proper shape. A boy, having put his hand into a partridge's nest, to take out the eggs, was bit by a serpent, whereupon they brought him to Jesus, who directed them to carry him before him, to the place where he had received the injury. On coming to the spot, Jesus called for the serpent, and it presently came forth, and he said, Go and suck out the poison which thou hast infused into that boy, so the serpent crept to the boy, and took away all its poison again. He also cures his brother James, who, in gathering sticks, was bitten by a viper. 
being one day on the housetop, playing with some boys, one of them fell down, and was instantly killed. And the boy's relations came and said to the Lord Jesus, Thou didst throw our son down from the housetop, but he denied it, and said, Let us go and ask himself. Then the Lord Jesus, going down, stood over the dead body, and said with a loud voice, Zinanus, Zinanus, who threw thee down? Then the dead boy answered, Thou didst not throw me down, but such a one. Being on a certain occasion, sent by his mother to the well for water, the pitcher broke, and he gathered up the water in his garment, and brought it to her. When at the age of twelve years Jesus was at Jerusalem, a certain astronomer asked him whether he had studied astronomy. Upon which he told him the number of the spheres and heavenly bodies, and see, there was there also a philosopher, who asked the Lord Jesus whether he had ever studied physics. He replied, and explained to him physics and metaphysics, the powers of the body, its anatomy, etc. But from this time he began to conceal his miracles, and gave himself to the study of the law, till he arrived to the end of his thirtieth year. See the Gospel of Our Saviour's Infancy, complete in the second volume of Jones on the Canon.